2: Well met, fellow adventurers. I am just about—I'm going to start exploring the Fogbore Forest first. But first, I'm going to spend some time looking around, exploring Ashly. Anyway, something has just turned up while passing through the northern end of town, having just helped several men to the—men to white a timber tar- cart with a bent axle. You suddenly realise you were being followed. Darting along the edge of the narrow lane behind you was a small figure in a grey tunic. First, you believe it must be a child, owing to its diminutive stature. But when the figure raises its head, apparently to take note of where you're heading, you were shocked to behold the face tucked away beneath the hood. The yellow eyed, disfigured face of a shade goblin. Your first instinct is to turn and bolt after the fugitive, furtive, the undoubtedly malicious creature, which suspect that such a move could cause the goblin to flee, and to any chance of discovering the reason for his, for his visit to Ashley, oh, we're assuming their gender again. With your mind racing to, assume, to determine your next course of action, you turn into deserted street, into a deserted street, and await the inevitable arrival of the Hooded Goblin. Alright, I've got a few options. I could just attempt to take the Goblin by surprise. I could use Feathery, archery, Elementalism, Gating, Illusion, or Telekinesis. None of them really stand out. Archery is the most likely to succeed because it's the highest level skill but not really that much difference, so, once again, random.org, so, number between 1, 7, 7 being I'll try to just, just snatch it using regular methods, it's number 5, okay, that means I'm going to use illusion, succeeded, 4xp to illusion, hiding yourself as best as you can, behind a stack of barrels at the back of the boardroom. You prepare to put your magic to use when the goblin arrives. Moments later, the hooded creature turns into the lane. As the goblin starts along the street, utterly oblivious to your presence, you silently summon your power of illusion. The sudden appearance of a bright red snake slithering across the street freezes the fearsome creature in his tracks. With his full attention now drawn to the illusionary reptile, He never hears you coming. You slip up behind the occupied goblin and strike him a death blow directly beneath between his bony shoulders. The startled goblin shrieks in pain and alarm as he collapses face first onto the street. You immediately hoist the fearful creature to his feet and demand to know what he's doing in Ashley and why he was following you. The, the goblin's bright yellow eyes are open wide and his defigured scar-riddled face quivers uncontrollably as you gruffly repeat your question, demanding to know what it is he's doing in Ashley, why he was following you. The foul creature, obviously fearing for his life, tells you he was sent to Ashley with something that he's supposed to deliver to you. You ask what he is, he fumbles around beneath his wag- wagged attire and produces a torn sheet of winkled yellow paper. Keeping the goblin pinned with one hand, you snatch the paper from him him with with the other and closely examine it. Strange symbols have been scrawled across the worn surface. The script appears to be about as old as the torn paper itself. You've suddenly taken aback when several of the symbols begin to twitch and move. I have torn yellow paper, Strange symbols have been scrawled across its worn surface. The script appears to be about as old as the torn paper itself. Now and again, several of the symbols begin to twitch and move. You obtain this, this paper from the hooded goblin you caught following you in Ashler. It's a gift. It's magical. Gas the goblin as he wiggles wingles under your third gasp told me you'll have to, you'll have the rest of it when you visit her in the wood. You immediately turn your gaze upon the goblin, and demand to know who it is you just refer to as she. You're already certain of a response before the words ever leave his lips. The spellcaster, he croaks, his fearful eyes wide as they looks haunted your stare. The sorcerer in the wood. According to the and now, now, now that it's not a spoiler, I can continue reading the item description. According to the Goblin, the Wenegade Sorceress, Coral awaits you in Fogbar, where she will give you the other half of the torn sheet. Through a hurried session of questioning the Goblin reveals he was sent into Ashlar by the Wenegade Sorceress, called, called task with delivering you the torn piece of paper which you now possess. The goblin seems to know little else about the sorceress and almost nothing about you, which you, causes you to believe the miserable creature is merely an unwitting pawn in whatever pot Coretel may be hatching. The goblin, stammering as his jaw trembles uncontrollably, pleads for his life, promising to leave Ashler and never return. He tells you he does not wish to see the sorceress again. And that he will head north and west. Back to his home in the hills. So. I have a few options here I could use. I could let him go. Where presumably he'll just go back to his homes. And probably never bother anyone else again. I could kill him. Which of course means he can't bother anyone else again. But you might have killed someone who's not actually done anything bad. And maybe someone will want to avenge him. Or her. Or it. No, I don't know what goblin genders work. Or I can hand him over to the town, town militia. Oh, what well, well, does divination gives me some clues? Use that first. Succeeded. You sense the goblin's words are sincere, and he has no intention of remaining involved in court. You know what? I'll let you go. Agree to let him go. You allow the goblin to go for him but follow him closely until at last he slips out of ashlar and disappears into the mist-covered landscape that surrounds the walled town. As you prepare to resume your exploration of Ashler, you wonder why it is that Koratel, banished into exile in the cursed forest of Fogborough, would attempt to make contact with you and present you with such a strange gift. You hope that when you at last make your way into the misty wood, You will learn the answers to these very questions. Alright. It's just, this is the nothing message. The exploration of Ashley takes you to nearly every corner of this small fortified town. Despite running into several of the settlement's more colourful characters, and catching up on the local news and gossip with some of the town's talkative inhabitants, you don't encounter anything of any particular interest. Alright, that's the same. All right, here's a message. This is a message that can come up a few times. While making your way along Ashley's main thoroughfare, you suddenly catch sight of a figure lurking at the side of the street. His face turned in your direction. You instinctively glance over at the figure, curious of who it is that appears to be watching you. Only a split second before your eyes have fallen on the figure. However, he turns and quickly slips away down an adjoining lane, but not before you have caught a glimpse of his face—a glimpse that sent a chill straight through you. You are but certain that the face of the man who was watching you pass along the thoroughfare was was none other than that of Timney, Tewey, the young master mage at whose behest you first ventured into Ashlar. You wash on to the narrow lane along which the figure swiftly departs. There is no longer any sign of him Puzzled and unnerved by the encounter He remains foremost in your mind As you turn and once again Set off on your way Alright That's enough Alright, what's Timney doing? Obviously we all know there's some intrigue And there's Timney again Alright Ten more explorations And then I'll declare it done one, two, it's Timmy again. Three, four. Oh, this is new. You're passing by the Sage Law Tavern when you're suddenly startled by a ghastly chorus of screams, screams from within the bursting establishment, fighting your way through the crowd of terrified patrons struggling to get out of the tavern. You burst into the room only to find yourself face to face with the chilling, gruesome sight. Scuttling across the now-empty room floor, his thick, black, hairy legs picking their way around the scattered chairs and discarded tables left in the wake of the fleeing patrons is a massive white spider. The hideous arachnid, nearly the size of a small horse, suddenly turns and starts towards you swiftly closing in what it undoubtedly expects will be a ne- an easy meal well I could fight or flee well obviously if I flee who knows what it could do hmm and there's no option to try to pet the small sp- try to pet the spider no, no option for that <laughs> probably for the best because there's a pretty good chance it wouldn't end well... Because the spider's got all that fog-bore curse stuff messing with its brain. Engage a hideous giant spider. Hey, hey, it's a beautiful spider. Beautiful! The, black, the massive black spider is swiftly upon you. Attempting to sling its venomous, ve- deadly venomous fangs into your flesh. It's a giant black spider... Giant, the giant spider wears up and attacks, and is now slain. 20 XP. Your victory over the giant black spider is met with a walker's cheer from the gathered giant folk who watch the battle with bated breath from just outside the tavern. You watch as a handful of the onlookers move forward to dispose of the oozing carcass of the slain spider. An old man at your side turns his gaze away from the slain spider, I told you it was the third such creature that's been found in Ashlar in the last several months. Our lads are good, he says, obviously with to her the town's militia. But the sort of things that slip out of that cursed wood at night, it's a bit more than we are up to. It's a relief to know that someone like you is a w- route, Sir Crokington. Yeah, but I won't be around for long. I'll just encounter all the unique events that can happen here. And then I'll probably only be coming back here because it's the, uh, because it's the nearest safe space to Wackner's Mad. After conversing with the old man for several minutes, you bid him farewell, and promptly set off on your way. As you depart, you glance back over your shoulder, and spots four men hauling the carcass of the giant spider out of the cavern, out, no out of the tavern, not a cavern, a tavern. Yes, if it was a cavern, we, there wouldn't really be that much concern, because giant spiders being in caverns, it's just something that happens, apparently. Well, alright, start again. Counting to ten. Alright, there's temni again. One. Oh, this is, this is new, once more. Your exploration of Ashlar comes from an abrupt and unexpected halt. When you find yourself bearing witness between a violent confrontation outside the town stables. A small crowd of onlookers are gathered around the two young men locked in a brutal fistfight. The
0: Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate men ma-
2: of both the men are bloodied and battered, a testament to the savage blows that are thus far landed. As you work your way to the front of the crowd, instinctively wondering if there's something you might do to intervene and halt the vicious spectacle, you're shocked to discover the two men are brothers by the name of Scarf and Old Limfedwin. Not the first time for any of this, says the stable hand, turning to glance up at you as you arrive at the end. As you're at the circle of town. Townsfolk, old Arwen's got to learn his brother isn't quite as little as he seems to think he is, and he doesn't take to take to being told what to do either. You watch as the larger of the two combatants, whom you learn is named Scarf, land two successive blows to the side of his brother's face, and he become convinced that one of them, more than likely one, is going to be seriously injured unless the contest is quickly stopped. Acting in the best interest of the two young men, you rush forward and step between them, only to find yourself immediately, directly in the path of scar-speeding fists. I guess I'm, I must be jumping at the time. Yes, I'm jumping between them, saying, Stop fighting! Stop fighting! Stop fighting! <laughs> All right, anyway, the fists. They're too busy throwing hands to notice that. Alright, picking a number. Bonus of 48. 18 from non-combat, 20 from agility, 10 from luck. Got to get 75 or more, or I get clonked in the head. Pick now. 120. You spin to your left and fall back nimbly and narrowly, avoiding the punishing knuckles of Scar Redrum. His swift and brutal soul stroke also sails just wide of his brother and sends the quick-fisted brute sprawling to the ground licking a pall of laughter from the gathering of, on- of onlookers. Angered by the laughter, and what he obviously perceives to be your intrusion into a private matter, he quickly regains his feet and curses at you. Odrim sets forward in an attempt to his brother down, but the larger and stronger the two fredwins push him aside. Come on, come on now, he snarls, assuming a fight-ready stance with both his fists clenched. Let me see what the hero of Ashley has got to give me. A silence... A silence falls over the small crowd that's assembled here. The citizens wait with bated breath for your response to this challenge. So do I fight this... Uh, do I engage arm in unarmed combat? And just to make sure it's unarmed, I'm going to unequip my quick quickstab dagger, which actually makes me... My mr rating go up, or I could refuse to fight him. You know what? I'm going to refuse to fight him. Thirty-two experience, as a general. Well, I guess there was a right thing to do. Your refusal to engage Scarf is met with a derisive snort from the older and larger Federal brother. He mutters something under his breath and leaves, much to the apparent surprise of all present. Then, much to, supp- much to the apparent surprise of all present, turns and leaves. As the small crowd disperses, ordering Fedorim strides up and thanks you. Teaching me lesson he's long overdue for would have done him li- done little good, he says, turning to watch his brother at heart. Pay him! Pay him no mind, Sir Crokington. These days it seems even that the slightest things can rouse his ire. After spending a few moments talking with Orwin, who repeatedly apologises for his brother's words and actions, you do him farewell and once again set off on your way. Well, I hope they can eventually make up. But maybe they won't be able to. You know, that's that's something that happens with brothers sometimes. Alright. Okay, one, two, three... Oh, this is a new thing. While passing through Ashley's Well Well Square, you catch sight of something circling in the sky, high above the walled town. Several nearby townsfolk, including a member of the militia, take notice of your interest and turn their gaze skyward to focus on the small black speck, set against the pale afternoon sky. One man immediately declares the distant object is a dragon and begins to explain. But in a labrador fashion, how he arrives at his conclusion. Others believe the sparkling, circling speck to be some sort of large bird. But it's your voiced opinion that silences the debate. A griffon? The man standing on your right shoulder stares at you with wide eyes before turning his attention back to the circling dot far above Ashly. Don't know how you can say a such from so far away. Well, I'm not argue with you, Sir Quirkington. There's always been rumours that a griffon's claimed a portion of Fogpaw as his domain. Well then, perhaps that's him? Hmm, a griffon. Well, sure would be nice to actually meet a Gryphon, considering the quite large, well... Quite large effect they have in the iconography of this place. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that in this world, the Griffins are smart. And they're strong. And they're usually... They're slightly aligned towards good. Just slightly. Just slightly. They've got their own stuff to do. So they're not going to be good all the time. But slightly. For nearly a quarter of an hour, you watch the black speck circle high above Ashnai. The broad, squeaking arcs it cuts across the sky, coupled with the extreme height at which it soars, leaves you with little doubt that the creature upon which your gaze has been fixed is indeed a gryphon. Hmm. If only we could get a telescope, then you know we could look closer at it. And I made a hand gesture that you can't see. At last, the black dot departs, soaring off and disappearing from view somewhere over the cor- forest, cursed forest to the west. As you once again set off on your way, something tells you that this sudden appearance of the lofty visitor, high in the skies over Ashlar, it was no random event. And also, I, while I was doing this, I, I missed. A, I there was one event that happened. Before I started recording, and that's where we met a fog rat. Which, and they told us, yeah, they keep coming out. We met someone, they said they keep coming out of the forest. Alright. Uh, yeah. What was it again? Ash Liar. Gonna see. Well, time to keep exploring. Anyway, one, two, th- three, four. If I can get ten, if I can get ten pen th- rolls in a row without anything new turning up, I'll I'll declare. I'll de- I'll declare that Ashly is done. Five, six. Seven eight nine It's Tumio again, so that's not a new ten, nine you that nine Okay two more. Alright, I think that's that's everything you can find while exploring Ashler. I'll just check the wiki first. I right, think this is the last last new thing. After that, everything that's on the wiki I'll have encountered at least once. Most of them are one off events. So after you've done that, there's no there's no random combats either, so it's not a good grind not a coin spot. Oh, someone's calling me. Anyhow, here's a new thing. While well, passing along the street just outside the abandoned meeting house Formerly used by Ashley's town council, you suddenly become aware of the sound of an approaching wagon. An inexplicable but urgent desire to hide yourself sends you scurrying for For cover. Moments later, concealed by the shadows of a larger structure on the opposite side of the lane, you watch as a small coach drawn by two horses and driven by a dowel-faced grey-haired man rolls into view stops in front of the old meeting house. Hmm, who could this be? Thick white curtains hung in the window set into the coach conceal its occupants, though you can plainly see at least two distinct shapes moving behind the heavy cloth barrier. The horses snort as the grey-haired driver climbs down from his seat and moves around to the opposite side of the coach momentarily disappearing from view he suddenly steps from behind the coach and climbs back into his seat with a quick snap of the wanes the horses start forward effortlessly pulling the sturdy coach along the lane in a matter of moments the street is once again empty as you prepare to set off on your way you can't hope but wonder who it was that was in the coach and what business brought them to the abandoned meeting house well, maybe we'll meet up with them later. I'm not sure because I'm not exactly sure who these people are. And that is everything. Yeah, you can just see Timney again and again and again. And the nothing message. Nothing else can happen while you're exploring Ashley now. There's no random encounters because, well, it's a town. Towns are usually fairly safe, you know, after you've driven out the, after you've driven out those to work Anyhow, that's it, in the next, in the next one, we shall start exploring Fogba itself. But that, well, there's a lot to explore in Fogbore. It is by quite a wide margin, the, the 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 most the biggest explorable zone and that's just the and that's just the things you encounter directly from the exploration screen not the adventures that are indirectly linked to it just just the things you encounter directly by exploring is the biggest yes it's a practically an expansion Anyhow, it's going to take it, it deserves its own episode, and that's what it's going to get. So anyway, until then, farewell, fellow adventurous.